Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday's Sports on the Sports History Network. In today's podcast, we're going to take a look back at the 1970 Detroit Lions. The Lions, of course, are our fearless leader Arnie Chapman's favorite team. Arnie is a lifelong fan of the Lions, but 1970 is long before Arnie was born. The Detroit Lions won their first NFL championship in 1935, long before most of us were born. They defeated the New York Giants 26-7. But Lions fans didn't have much to brag about again until 1952, when they won their second NFL title. They played in three more championship games over the next five years, winning two. After losing seasons in 1958, and 1959, the team returned to the winning track from 1960 to 1962, having one of their best seasons in 1962. But their 11-3 record that season was only good enough for second place in the Western Division, as the Green Bay Packers went 13-1 their one loss coming at the hands of the Lions. From 1963 to 1968, the Lions' overall record was a dismal 31 wins, 44 losses, and 9 ties. But Lions fans had high hopes for the 1970 season after the team finished the 1969 season in second place with a 9-4-1 record. It looked like they had good reason to have such high hopes after they outscored their first two opponents by a total of 78-3. In their first game against the Packers, they gained 266 yards rushing while holding Green Bay to just 50 yards rushing and only five first downs. In week two, the Lions defense, led by Hall of Fame defensive tackle Alex Karras, held the Cincinnati Bengals to 140 total yards and six first downs. The Lions defense continued to impress in a week three win over the Bears holding Chicago to 38 yards rushing and only eight first downs. The Detroit offense played equally well, gaining 140 yards rushing and 229 yards passing. The Lions outscored 
their opponents in their first three games by a whopping 106-17 score. But the team came crashing back down to earth in week four at RFK Stadium, losing 31-10 to the Redskins. The Lions defense, which had played so brilliantly in their first three games, got torched by quarterback Sonny Jurgensen, who passed for 225 yards and three touchdowns. Redskins running back Larry Brown ran for 101 yards. But the Lions came back strong in a Week 5 win over the Browns, forcing six turnovers and walking away with a 41-24 win. Receiver Larry Walton had a big game catching four passes for 158 yards and two touchdowns. The Lions upped their record to 5-1 with a 16-10 victory over the Bears in Week 6. The Bears outgained the Lions 310 yards to 187, but they committed seven turnovers. The Lions defensive backs had a tough day as Bears receiver George Farmer caught six passes for 147 yards. A Week 7 matchup with the Vikings, also 5-1, would break the tie for first place in the Central Division. The Vikings won 30-17 as the Purple People Eaters held the Lions to only 68 yards rushing. The following week, the Lions traveled to New Orleans to play the Saints. Despite having committed six turnovers, the Lions led 17-16 with only seconds remaining in the game. But Saints kicker Tom Dempsey booted an NFL record 63-yard field goal to give his team the win, 19-17. Week 9 was a rematch with the Vikings. The Lions defense held the Vikings ground game to only 85 yards, but they gave up 228 yards through the air and lost their third game in a row. Lions fans' high hopes for a championship season were beginning to dwindle. Part of the problem was that coach Joe Schmidt couldn't seem to decide on a starting quarterback. Whenever starter Bill Munson struggled, he was replaced by Greg Landry. Tune in again next week to see how Coach Schmidt resolves this quarterback controversy and to see how the second part of the Detroit Lions 1970 season turned out. Thank you, and God bless. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, And I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. 
Hello, football friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Pigskin Dispatch Podcast, and I'd like to invite you to the portal of positive football history, Pigskin Dispatch and pigskindispatch.com. We talk about everything that centers around the game of American football, expert discussions, the origins of the games, the great players, teams, and coaches, and more, and some great guests and insights from experts. We have new episodes three to four times a week, and you can find us on sportshistorynetwork.com, pigskindispatch.com, or your favorite podcast provider. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.